Baseball Money is Fake on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. It's presented by WinBet. WinBet is now live in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Tennessee, and Virginia. From boosted same-game parlays to live in-game odds, WinBet has what you need to win. Sign up today, bet $100, and get $100 at sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash W-Y-N-N-B-E-T. State restrictions apply. Baseball money is fake on the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. As always, I am Blake Meyer, joined by my man Ryan Gilbert. How you doing today? Doing pretty good here. You know, we had a, a big weekend, super wild card weekend, as they call it in the NFL. Some uh, exciting finishes, some exciting comebacks. Uh, but uh, we had some something equally as exciting here. Some uh, fantasy baseball talk here on January 17th. What, what else would anyone want to hear about here? Uh, yeah, uh, coming back to you again here. Open to do two or three more episodes this week. And uh, yeah, getting this thing going as uh, we're already halfway through January, which seems kind of incredible. So February is going to be here before we know it. Spring training and then uh, opening day. Yeah, and I would like to also start out by saying ciao to all our Italian <laughs> listeners. Uh, we are the number one baseball podcast, according to Apple Podcasts, in Italy, which I absolutely love. So ciao to all of our Italian listeners. We love it. We love crack, open, kinda... crack open <laughs> some, some uh, Chef Boyardee to celebrate. Maybe just some uh, <laughs> ragu on there. I might make some spaghetti for dinner. And also, I have some news for myself. I uh, I haven't really put it out there for the world yet, but as of this morning, I am officially a uh, featured writer for Fantasy Pros, featured baseball writer. Ooh. So that is something big in the Blake world that I'm very excited about, and I can't wait to get started with that as well. Yeah, c- congrats on that. I mean, I, we referenced the Fantasy Pros rankings a ton here, so it's uh, you're going to have some sort of inside uh, info for us, hopefully. I will, and it's going to be exciting. <laughs> Nothing's going to change for me here at SGPN. Still the baseball editor, still going to be writing here, still going to be running this cool-ass podcast with Ryan. But I will just have a little more extra work on the side, getting more of my work out there, be seen a little more. And it's kind of an exciting uh, change for me that is something I kind of dreamed about for a long time. And now here here I am. Mama, I made it. <laughs> <laughs> it's only going up from here. But as far as this episode is concerned you guys know on tuesdays some tuesdays in the off season all tuesdays during the season i do my reddit ama did it again today we got some awesome questions uh we really wanted to get to those and kind of knock out some of the i don't want to say better because all questions are good but some of the more uh intriguing questions that we got that i think some of the questions that are better better for a podcast format because it's kind of a, a back yeah. and forth. Going. But also, uh, before we get into that, I want to mention uh, the giveaway we have going on. I think we're drawing that this week, if not today or tomorrow, pretty soon uh, at Fake Baseball. And yeah, we're growing here. Blake got a nice new position. Uh, the podcast is growing. 
seeing more downloads on the fake baseball money is fake feed, but also a lot more on the sports gambling podcast network feed. So if you're listening on that sports gambling podcast network feed, why not come on, hop, hop over to the uh, baseball money is fake feed. Give us a follow and a subscribe there and uh, leave us a five star rating and review. That's yeah, cool over here. We we got snacks. Uh, we're nice people. We don't bite. And it works out well for everybody. Kind of help us grow. And then you can feel like you're getting in early on something big, which everybody likes to do. Everybody likes to be that guy that was like, oh, man, you listen to them. I listened to them when they were getting like <laughs> this many downloads. Yeah. Be one of those people. Help us out. Help us grow. And we can continue to do these multiple times a week for you guys going forward. Yeah, you can you can brag that even the the OGs. Oh, I, I was a listener when they were still named the SGPN Fantasy Baseball Podcast. Oh shit, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Throwback right there. Get in now and listen to those early episodes so you can do it before we do so many episodes they're buried and you can never find them again. Yeah, um, that's also a good point. Like if you're just finding the uh, the show now, we got plenty of evergreen content over the past uh, few weeks. We had Nick from Pitcher List. We had uh, Eric Cross on a few months ago at this point, but. All good, all good stuff. Uh, plenty of stuff recently with just us two as well, talking catcher rankings, doing a, doing a mock draft. So plenty of uh, good information and also even better banter along the way. Yeah, and the nice part about these off-season episodes is they're not like right now specific. So we've covered a lot of stuff that is relevant for the upcoming season. So you can listen to all of our episodes up till now, and it's all still going to be relevant info. As you go into the 2023 fantasy baseball season, it's not like here's a sleeper for this week. And then when you listen like four weeks from now, that's not mm-hmm. relevant anymore. You're still getting all the good shit now. So you might as well get it now. But speaking of getting the good shit now. Do you want to do our first question or should we do the ad read first? I was going to do speaking of the good shit now. WinBet is the official online sports book of the Sports Gambling Podcast Network. WinBet is active in a bunch of states and there are tons of ways to win including live betting and same-game parlays. And the NFL playoffs are in full swing. Great promos, odds, and payouts are happening right now at WinBet. Ready to play? Sign up today to receive a special offer. Bet $100, get $100, limited to state availability. And of course, if you hit the biggest long-shot parlay of the week, you get $1,000 free credit. There's so much to choose from. All you have to do is head over to sportsgamblingpodcast.com slash winbet so they know we sent you. That's sportsgamblingpodcast.com. Slash W Y N N B E T. Offer subject to change, current condition at one.com. Let's be 20 or older and present in the state where playthrough is available. If you have something to gamble problem, call 1 800 522 4700. We're getting pretty fucking good at these uh, transitions. I absolutely love it. Mm-hmm. And on that note, let's just transition right into our first question uh, over on Reddit. I think it might have been the first question I got in the whole AMA. Uh, it was. What was up with Jose Barrios last season, and is it correctable? His value is too good to ignore this year unless he's flat out done. Uh, yeah, yeah. Barrios has been a guy that last year, 5-2-3 ERA, strikeouts went down. Uh, case per nine was only 7.8 after being, what, th- three, basically everything, all of his other full seasons over 8.6, if not 9.5, 9.7. Uh, it was his first full year in Toronto. Maybe that impacted him somewhat. Um, his FIP was a bit lower than his ERA, but yeah, I, I think there may be some value there as one of these pitchers you can take late in the draft. Uh, he's ranked 208 on Fantasy Pros. The NFBC ADP is 237. So 
this is a round 20 or, or deeper guy you can pick up there and you know you're going to know uh early on whether he's going to be good or not you, you're going to know a few starts in if he's uh I think he has a pretty nasty curveball or slider that he works in. If he's getting those strikeouts, it's going to be good. If he has a first first few starts that aren't too good, you can just cut bait. So I think Barrios is someone that you can get late in the draft, has definitely shown a lot of upside, a lot more upside than some other pitchers around him here. Uh, Aaron Ashby, Miles Mikolas, Alex Cobb. No, no disrespect to them, but I mean, Barrios had uh, 200 strikeouts twice in his career already. Still only 28 years old, so I could see him having a bounce-back season. But you know what? He, he's down there low enough that if he does have a bad start, you can just cut bait, and it's not much of a loss. Yeah, and he's one of those guys. He was so weird last year. He always, he seems to be every year. Like he, He'll have a game where he'll pitch seven innings of two-hit ball and strike out 11 and give up no runs. And then the next game, he'll pitch one and a third innings and give up eight. It, it's so weird. A lot of it has to do with uh, if you look at his kind of his heat chart over on Statcast, his forcing fastball and his sinker a bit just live right out over the heart of the strike zone, and that caused his fastball last year to be worth 17 runs, like a positive 17, which puts it up there for one of the worst pitches in baseball. It just gets absolutely clobbered. Whiff rates all the way down to 18.9%. It's never really been that good of a pitch. It was worth five runs the year before, seven runs the year before that, but it was worth a positive 17 runs. People were just absolutely destroying it. They hit 349 against it on the year with 15 doubles and 11 home runs. That's a 618 slugging percentage against his fastball. His curveball's nasty. It's like he does have that really excellent plus plus pitch with that curveball 31% whiff rate which is excellent but yeah i, I want to say he's somebody that i'm going to stay away from altogether but since he does have that really really late adp it does make him intriguing he'll get drafted just based off his name alone he's one of those guys so he's not really a streaming option but if you do take him don't be afraid to drop him after one bad start it you're realistically probably better off for it. Yeah, and looking at the the Blue Jays' rotation, they have Manoa and Gossman definitely ahead of him. Fangraphs has Barrios third and uh, Chris Bassett four. I could see them swapping that around. And looking at the Blue Jays' early schedule, they play the Cardinals, Royals, Angels. So hopefully uh, Barrios gets starts against the Royals and Angels there if he's the fourth <laughs> starter. Then the next week, they play the Tigers and Rays, which if you get the Tigers, that's good. But after that, they play uh, at Houston and at the Yankees. So those uh, first three starts before that uh, April 17th stretch, April 17th to 23rd against Houston and the Yankees, are really going to be a, a tough test for the the whole Blue Jays team, really, to see if they can start out hot and beat those teams that aren't supposed to be that good. And Barrios is going to be uh, possibly a big part of that. Yeah. and. Again, even though the value is there, I do see where the person's coming from. The value is there since they're that late. I I didn't know that his ADP was that far down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When I answered the question, so yeah, it's there is value there, but not a lot in my opinion. I just I'm gonna stay away from him just because he just killed me last year. He's not very good in points leagues. 
uh, he's kills you in like category leagues with that ERA. So yeah, it's not worth it for me. You, you should not do that. Uh, give up on a player because he screwed you before. I mean, I say that after after uh, writing off Juan Soto completely as well. But that's something <laughs> I'm, I'm going to try to do less of here. Uh, yeah, Barrios. Th- depending on what your team looks like up to that point, is, is a perfect guy to take a late round flyer on and see if he can uh, refine his form a little bit. Moving uh, on to somebody that can refine their form. The next question that we got here. Do you have any worries about Gunnar Henderson's splits? It's a little intriguing because he's a he's a very highly touted prospect. He kills righties. He hit. Oh, come on. Not this again. <laughs> I guess righties, he hit 290. So he absolutely clobbers righties, 290 in 33 games. But against lefties, he only hit 130. And if you dig a little deeper, he never hit above 200 against lefties in the minor mm-hmm. leagues outside of rookie ball in 2019. And it was only in like 25 ABs. He hit 240 against lefties. But other than that, always under 200. Does that worry you when it comes to his value for next year? I mean, yeah, it, it has to absolutely worry you. I, I was yeah looking back at his uh, minor league numbers last year. Only 41 at-bats against lefties, but he hit 195. Only had um, three extra base hits for three of his eight hits for three extra bases. So at least, at least that was good. But against righties, he hit 360. He's a guy that just kills right-handed pitching. Um, lefties are always going to give him, quite possibly always going to give him some fits. Maybe he'll be able to uh, grow out of that as he's able to you know, get more Give more looks at whether it's video or, or, or training or, or what have you. He's only 21. He was born in 2001, which which seems crazy that someone born in the 2000s is uh, playing Major League Baseball. But yeah, I think Gunnar Henderson. Oh, right now ranked 104 on Fantasy Pros, uh, ADP of 92. I forgot eighth round. Yeah, that's 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 eighth round, pretty much right there. Um, He's projected to hit third behind Cedric Mullins and Rutschman. And Rutschman also struggles against lefties, right? Uh, yes. Against, yes. Yeah. Yeah, so that's struggles not against a, lefties. That's not a good spot for him. Uh, behind Gunner is supposed to be Anthony uh, Santander. I'm not sure if he has any splits either way. But, yeah, uh, Henderson's splits definitely do worry me. Um, but luckily, the majority of pitchers are right-handed. Um, the new or not so new three batter role will definitely help him as well. Looking up Santander's splits uh, right now against righties. He hit 221 against lefties. He hit 293. So he's better against righties or against lefties has more power against lefties. So maybe that'll offer some protection for Henderson hitting in front of him. But yeah, uh, watching spring training, maybe they'll try to get him some bats against lefties and see how he's doing and then move him up and down your your rankings accordingly. But, you know, he does have that third base and shortstop eligibility, uh, two spots that aren't necessarily too deep. So he's still going to be a guy to look at in the late single digit rounds. Yeah, he despite the struggling against lefties, he does a lot of things I like, like he makes good contact, 9.8 percent barrel rate. I talk a lot about barrel rate. A good barrel. Love a good barrel. Oh, that sounds so weird. 92.4 mile an hour average exit velo, which is very high. I think that's that. I mean, he didn't play enough for it to register on the percentile rankings, but I think 92.4 miles per hour is going to put him 
in the 90th percentile, 92nd percentile, somewhere around there. He's going to have to work on his launch angle at two degrees. Uh, it's not that great, but I mean, 53.7% hard hit rate. So like, he makes really strong contact and he's pretty quick. 91st percentile for sprint speed. There's a lot of metrics that make him exciting. And there's guys that get away with just how's kind it, of how's really his K rate? Guess. K rate. Uh, <laughs> I talked about that a lot last episode. 25.8%. So not like average. Not great. It's, I mean, it's a little worse than average, 3% worse than average, but he, he walks 12% of the time. So it evens itself out a little bit. He's got the speed. I like it. I don't know if I'm going to draft him just because I need to see if he can figure out how to hit lefties or how often they're going to make him face lefties. I love the dual eligibility like you mentioned. He's going to have to figure out how to hit the breaking stuff, only hitting 156 against it, but kills fastballs. Hits 322 with four home runs, a triple, or four doubles, a triple, and three home runs. So, yeah, I, I like him. I, it doesn't worry me quite as much. I don't think I would take him in the eighth round, but if he did slip to the tenth round and Gunnar Henderson's still there, I think he'd be on my team. Yeah, I could see Gunnar Henderson being that type of young guy that ha- has a good first season or a good part of the first season with uh, 34 games. Kind of struggles this year, kind of like a learning year for him. And then 2024, 2025, he's one of the top shortstops out there. But, I mean, he could he could jump that and, and be that this year as long as he – if he can hit somewhat at all against lefties, then I think his uh, batting average against righties is going to be good enough. And he has the speed. He can take advantage of that uh, the new larger bases and the pickoff rule. And, you know, Baltimore has a good ballpark for uh, some doubles. Maybe hit it off, hit it over that big wall in right field as well. So Henderson's, yeah, he's going to be interesting, interesting uh, here in a shortstop position. Yeah, they're slightly above average for lefties. Uh, in terms of home runs as well, and, uh, mm-hmm. according to StatCast Ballpark Factors, they're 105. 100 is league average. So he's got the pop. Uh, he's got the speed, especially we talked a couple episodes about a couple episodes ago about how the bigger bases and stuff could turn some of those longer singles into doubles, mm-hmm. doubles into triples. He has the speed to make things like that happen. So he's going to make enough plays, I think, this coming season to overlook a lot of those lefty woes. And even though he hit 130 against lefties, but it was in such such a small sample size that I can't take it that seriously last year. It's like 20 ABs or something like that. So yeah, I I think he's he's worth a look if you can get him for the right price. Yeah, so so uh do you have any worries about Gunnar Henderson splits? Yes, we, we do very much so. Yes. <laughs> All right, our uh, next question here. Who is your late sleeper that you are making sure you leave the draft with? Uh, who, who you got, Blake? I uh, know you've been riding uh, <laughs> riding the hype train of, of one one person in particular pretty hard recently. Jordan Walker. That would be my pick. As of right now, his ADP is all the way down at... Drumroll, please. One second. He didn't show up on the ADP list when I just looked. Jordan Walker. 275. Is 275. Why doesn't he show up on mine? He does show up on mine. Jordan Walker, 275. He is. They have him on 
the NFBC as a third baseman, but he's going to play outfield. And the Cardinals have a crowded outfield, but nobody in that outfield is good enough to stop Jordan Walker from starting. He gives me big uh, Julio Rodriguez vibes, which, as you know, we're big on the vibes here. But he has an excellent power-speed combo, which I think can be overlooked. And the reality is he's probably going to start on the opening day roster. Uh, the WBC is going to open up some potential playing time for him to start. And with the benefits of having these young guys start from day one, especially somebody that has a legitimate chance of National League Rookie of the Year, I don't see why he wouldn't start at the beginning of the year. I mean, last year he hit 306 with 19 home runs and stole 22 bases at double A. And as far as I'm concerned, when it comes to minor league baseball, if you can hit in double A, you can hit in triple A and you can, if you're one of these more special talents, you can move up. Like Julio went from double A to the majors. Juan Soto went from double A to the majors guys like that. He doesn't need to prove anything at the triple A level. <coughs> Oh, he doesn't need to prove anything at the triple A level. If he can hit in spring training, which I think he can, I think he's going to be one of those people that's a surprise and is going to jump up draft boards and is no longer going to be a late round sleeper. But as of right now, he's going at the very end of drafts and he's somebody much like Julio last year. You can draft at the end and you're going to get crazy value for him as the season goes on. Yeah, I guess Walker is like the type of guy you want to look at in those earlier drafts. Cause like, like you said, in those, if your league drafts close to opening day, he may have already like shown out in, in spring training and been guaranteed a roster spot. And then people are going to be all over him. So I think, especially in the early drafts, definitely get him. And he's going to be a guy to watch in, in a spring training for sure. Yeah. I mean, he only played 119 games last year, 31 doubles, three triples, 19 home runs. This is absurd. He's, he's got everything that you look for. And it, He's one of those guys that he's one article away, one article about him being called up away from just skyrocketing. So mm-hmm. if you're drafting now, snag him. What about you, though? Yeah, I don't have anyone quite as pinpointed as that yet here in January. But I do have a few guys here. Um, my first one is Brandon Drury coming off a 28 home run home run year. Most of them with Cincinnati. So maybe that's uh a part of it, but he's going into that Angels lineup, should be hitting right in the middle of that. So uh, hitting sixth right now behind Renfro and Rendon, according to Fangraphs. I could see him easily moving up. He, his ADP is 197. Uh, he's eligible first base, second base, third base, and outfield. So perfect guy to put in your util spot or just even have on the bench so he can fill in on, on off days or if there's a good uh, platoon position for, per, for him. Uh, moving down a little bit, I have J.D. Martinez as well. We talked about him, ADP of 230. I could see him bouncing back a bit uh, in Los Angeles with the Dodgers. Um, he's going to be hitting probably sixth-ish there, but he's going to DH. He's going to, if he can get his power back, then that's someone who can easily put up 25 home runs, 30 home runs, if he if he shows that last year was kind of an aberration. His uh, average exit velo was only 51st percentile, but Good hard hit rate, good expected slugging, good expected barrel or good barrel rate, 87th percentile. So J.D. Martinez has done it before. He, he uh, can possibly do it again. He's still only 35. I mean, we saw Pujols do it at, at 40-something. We've seen guys do it much older than that. So 
I could see Martinez have a resurgence. And then uh, I, was, I was an outfielder. I gave a infielder first. And then a pitcher here, Martin Perez. Um, Ooh. ADP 318, probably not being drafted even in some leagues. 12 and 8, 289 ERA last year. 169 strikeouts and 196 innings. Nothing out of this world, but I mean, Texas has definitely got him better. Less uh, pressure on him there with with uh, DeGrom and Eovaldi and whoever else they brought in. And Texas should be just a better team overall. So I don't think he'll have an ERA under three again, but it should be under four, and he should be able to get double-digit digit wins for you out of a uh, late-round pick. Yeah, and he, man, he's got quite the pitch mix. Throwing six different pitches. He's harder to hit. He lives on the outside of the zone. He doesn't have one single pitch. His cutter lives in the zone a little bit, but a lot of his pitches he does a very good job of kind of painting those corners. His sinker was dialed in on that outer corner. And, yeah, they're going to be a good lineup. I hate to say that as a management. I don't think they're going to win a lot of games. So I think that could put a cap on his fantasy value a little bit. He's not going to come out and win you 18 games next year. But, I mean... Double-digit wins I see happening, probably that closer to three ERA. He's got value. He has some good strikeout pitches. I mean, his changeup, he's got a 33.5% whiff rate on that changeup, and it's his second most used pitch. So he has out pitches. He doesn't have to worry about going against aces like he did last year. So, yeah, that that's an excellent, excellent late-round pick. He's another one. I didn't realize his ADP was that far down, and I don't mm-hmm. understand why it is. How do you go from a guy that was an all-star last year to your ADP is, like, over 300? Yeah, I mean, and it, late in drafts this year, I think, and I normally do this, I think, but I'm going to try to target these players that, you know, are going to either be boom or bust. They're not going to be these, sorry, but A.J. Pollock, uh, Andrew Benintendi types that are just like, okay, he's going to hit 20 home runs, he's going to hit 250, <laughs> he's going to be – consistent in your lineup because he won't be consistent he'll go he'll have a bad stretch and you'll drop him i'd rather go for someone that like so if you pass up on jd martinez then he has a resurgence you're not going to be surprised if, if you pass up on brandon drury and he you know keeps it up in in with the angels you're not going to be surprised M- martin perez coming off a 298 era if he has a 350 era you won't be surprised like I, I'd, I'd rather take them rather than these guys in here like Justin Turner or uh, Manny Margot, Yandy Diaz, Austin Meadows. Meadows isn't a bad option. He, uh, I was high on him last year, but he had a down year. But, yeah, these guys later, I, I want to get those boomer bust guys that hopefully can uh, go off for you. Uh, just throw you a curveball. I was looking through the ADP things real quick. What do you think about Ranger Suarez at 295? Yeah, I, I was just, just going to mention him. Um, I don't know if he has – He's very consistent, good in uh, quality start leagues. He's, 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 a, he's a solid pitcher, not a ton of strikeouts, does have some uh, some control issues at times. So he's a good good late guy to, to draft maybe, especially knowing that he should get uh, some wins with the Phillies lineup batting for him. Uh, I'm not sure what the Phillies' early schedule is, though. What, where is he going to pitch? Is he, is he third, fourth for you guys? Um. He should be Fifth, three, but, but, but I guess Walker right. could be three. Am I forgetting somebody? I think he, him and him and Walker are fighting for for three, four behind Nola and Wheeler. And then you got like Bailey Falter, uh, Christopher Sanchez, probably signed some veteran guy to a spring training invite to compete for that fifth spot. Okay, okay. So, uh, so yeah, I see why he's 
farther down there. He seems like he could be a double digit win guy, though. I know he won 10 last mm-hmm. year. Like you say, he's not striking out anybody really, but 10 wins, sub four ERA. That's that's not bad for that late in the draft either. So I might uh I might pick him as my pitcher for mm-hmm. the yeah, late I- round sleeper. I answered the question already. I didn't I didn't mention uh, a pitcher. I did mention a few hitters. Like I had said, Jordan Walker on here. I also mentioned Will Myers, who I talked the shit out of a couple episodes ago <laughs> when we did our late round sleeper ones. And then Jared Walsh, I talked about him also. Two guys that I think you can get at the very, very, like literal last round of a draft. And sometimes, like Jared Walsh, I've seen him not even get drafted in a few of my mocks that I've done. Guys like that that are just almost completely over looks that going into next season could be i think will myers is 30 home runs this year so he's a guy that you can get in the last round of a draft that's going to hit you 30 home runs for cincinnati jared walsh is probably a 25 home run guy but i feel like he could hit 250 with 25 home runs and knock 80 people in so i think they're good sleepers they they do have quite the the floor on them so it could be bad but you're not drafting a guy in the fi- like in the last round of the draft where you're like, ooh, I really like he has a high floor. <laughs> you just you don't get that lucky. So when it gets that late in the draft, you really want to target those guys that have a legitimately high upside. Mm-hmm. And like Martin Perez, like you said, he has a 12, 12, 15 win upside, which is good for a guy that late in the draft. Will Myers has a 30 home run upside. Jordan Walker, I legitimately think has 25 home run, 20 stolen base upside for next year. Those are guys that you want to target. There's plenty of them out there. If you do the research, you can find a bunch of them. We are here telling you these because we did the research. And like I (laughs) shamefully do this nonstop, even when I'm not doing stuff for work and all of this, (laughs) I am just looking up baseball stats all of the time. So, yeah, there's. A nice little handful of guys you can find later on. But did you have something for us? Uh, I I do have one more um one more guy here who just recently returned to where he started. Andrew McCutcheon returned to the Pirates. Oh, one year deal. Good for him to go back to Pittsburgh. There. Um, you know he may not have too much uh fantasy relevance, but he hit twenty seven, twenty eight home runs with the Phillies two years ago. Should be getting. Good playing time with the Pirates. Should be comfortable there back at home. So could see a, a, a relaxed cutch and be a good uh, late-round pick for a team that's rebuilding. Do you watch any uh, YouTube baseball videos? I don't, but are you talking about the one with uh, McCutcheon and the Furries? By yes, by <laughs> Foolish Bailey from Foolish Baseball. I watched that yesterday. I'm sold. Every start that he <laughs> is making – where he is in the vicinity of that furry convention, I am starting <laughs> McCutcheon without a doubt. I, I I did did the video like track where the convention was and like yeah. when McCutcheon was oh that that that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I was aware of his like um his tweet about it, but like I was I was unaware of that. I'm, I'm gonna have to check that out. I watched the whole thing and it was like he I don't remember the exact stats, but it was something like. He's played like 14 games in his career around the furry convention, and he hit like 450 with a <laughs> 900 OPS in those oh, that's, games. That's great. And it's talking about how he might actually be a furry because he, him and Mookie Betts were uh, on some cartoon show together. They did like a guest spot. 
Mm-hmm. And they offered them both to be like human characters in there. And Mookie Betts said yes to being a human character. And Andrew McCutcheon decided he wanted to be a, a dog. He wanted to be an animal in it. So <laughs> he might be a furry. We never we never know. But all I know is he fucking loves looking at him because it gets him excited to play baseball. Uh, whatever works for him, you know? Exactly. Speaking of whatever works, we got another question. In a 10-team league, head-to-head categories with six keepers, who would you keep for the last spot out of these four? Corbin Carroll, Jazz Chisholm, Gunnar Henderson, or George Kirby? And I would like to say, if you have to pick from these four for your last spot, you have one <laughs> hell of a keeper team. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I th- I think you have to go with either if you want an outfielder or a second baseman shortstop. It's either between Carroll and uh, Jazz Chisholm for me. I was trying to look up real quickly here if Jazz is going to be ready for this season. I, I I think he is. I'm not I entirely think he is. sure. I think he's but I mean, Carroll has to be the runaway guy. I think though, unless you already have a few outfielders and you need a second base shortstop, second base is kind of, kind of shallow this year. But ten team league should be able to find someone there. I think Carroll just has the most upside. Um, if you want a pitcher, Kirby's not a bad option. I'm sure sure Blake's going to talk about him a bit, but. Henderson, <laughs> the splits do worry me, but Corbin Carroll uh, last year in the minors had 24 home runs and 360 at-bats, had four home runs and 100 at-bats, so he should be hitting the top of the Diamondbacks order with Catal uh, Marte, Jake McCarthy, Christian Walker there to drive him in, so not going to have a ton of counting stats, but I think he has the most upside in this season and beyond. Corbin Carroll is a good choice. I do think he is going to be up there with Jordan Walker neck and neck for rookie of the year. He's fast as hell. I think his he was the fastest person in baseball in feet per second in the baseball savant metrics. So he's got all the speed in the world. He loves hitting doubles. I think he had like nine was it nine doubles, a triple and four home runs last year in limited time at the major league level which is pretty nice but my choice was actually jazz chisholm just based on the fact that if he is healthy and fully healed which everything i've seen says that he should be fully healed ready to go he has 30 30 potential you could probably count on one hand the amount of players in baseball that have actual legitimate 30 30 potential he strikes out more than you might like at 28%, which is more than I think a lot of people would like. But he still hits 250. He's played 205 career games. It's I don't really know if I measured that first, the 2020 games when he, he played yeah. 21 games mm-hmm. in 2020. If you take that, if you take that out, he's played 184 games at the major league level. And he's got, if I could do quick math on the spot, 30 doubles, 8 triples, 32 home runs, scored 109 runs, knocked in 98 while hitting about 250. That's nuts. And he stole 35 bases. I like the upside. There was one point last year before he got hurt that I had that stat a couple episodes ago when I said that uh, Mike Trout and Julio Rodriguez were the only people above like – 92 92nd percentile and average exit velo and 95th percentile in speed there at one point it was literally just those two and jazz chisholm before he got hurt 
So he's that level good. He had a 16% barrel rate last year. 90 mile per hour average exit velo, 46.7% hard hit rate. Literally the perfect launch angle at 15 and a half degrees. He hits breaking stuff well, too. He hit 306 against breaking stuff. He struggles against off speed. He only hit 152, so he's going to have to work on that. But he's a big swing and miss guy. But when he connects, that shit goes a mile. And he is he's literally the flash. So he's my guy just because I love the upside. Yeah, I didn't realize his, his numbers in the majors were so good with those 32 home runs in pretty much a full season, uh, 184 games. Batting average does does scare me away, but yeah, the, the bigger bases, the singles into doubles, doubles into triples. Big ballpark down there in Miami. He'll be aggressive on the base paths. Second base uh, depth, he's probably a top five, seven second baseman. And like in a 10-team league, you, you want to have a good second baseman because after him on Fantasy Pro, you got Albies. He's fine. Edmund, okay. And then uh, Andre Jimenez, Gleyber Torres, and Jorge Polanco round out the top 10. So yeah, if if one of your five keepers is not a second baseman, maybe keep Chisholm. But if it is, uh, I, I just what was what was Chisholm's injuries? I just, I'm just afraid if he's like, he like just, broke his back. Yeah, that's not. Yeah, that's <laughs> something he could definitely uh, have come up again. So, so yeah. that's so that's even more even more reason for me to. Uh, it's it's just a lean to Carroll. It, it's not definitive for me. Yeah, it's a risk, and I I only. Oh, Andy Andy had a torn meniscus too. It's only more definitive for me because they use the verbiage, the last keeper spot, which, again, if that's your last keeper spot where you're keeping six people, that means your other five have got to be pretty fucking good. So, I mean, if it was just like, man, I got to keep it's a three keeper league and I got to keep three of these four guys. Who is it? Then I might be like, okay. With the back injury, he might be last. But if it's six keepers, you already got five locked in, and you can keep Jazz Chisholm. It's like your. I guess I'll take him as my sixth one. <laughs> like I, that's pretty definitive for me. I'll take that all day. Yeah, I mean, I mean, definitely. And then Gunner, we talked about George Kirby. We know enough about him. Uh, he's, he's a good option, but not over those other two guys. Yeah, especially Kirby. He's probably going to be. Uh, He's probably going to be the third starter because I think they're going to make Robbie Ray the number four for next year. So he'll get some he'll get some favorable pitching matchups being the third starter. And I think they'll stretch him out. They might let him pitch one hundred and sixty five, hundred and seventy innings this year, which is pretty good. Guys like uh, Carlos Rodon only pitched with one hundred and seventy eight innings last year. So you can be effective in that limited amount of innings. But he does have a cap. And so keeping somebody as my keeper that has, you know that there is an inning, there's going to be an innings limit in place. It's hard for me to justify them as a keeper when realistically you could probably draft him still. Like you can let him go, keep Jazz, take Kirby as a later round pick, because that's something I didn't even take into account beforehand. If you don't keep Jazz and you let him go back into the draft that you're about to have, Jazz is going to go as an early round Mm -hmm. pick in that draft. Kirby is not going to go as an early, early round pick in that draft. Gunnar Henderson's probably not going to go as an early round pick in that draft. Corbin Carroll probably will. So that's why it's got to come down to one of those two for me. Still leaning jazz. But yeah, Kirby, he's going to be good. Love me some Mariners, but you can let him go and just draft him later in the draft. 
Yeah, completely agree there. Um, do you want to touch on this this last one here? I want to save this for uh, Thursday, being I'm having a more time to discuss it. Let's save this one just right. because that, that's going to make a damn good episode. Yeah, that, we can go a full hour on that if, if we wanted to. That's a that's a it's about a draft strategy targeting pitchers or, or hitters. We also had another question uh, about what positions you're targeting of hitters. So. That's that's like a whole just draft strategy episode we can do probably later this week just to get it get it out and and after there pretty early and uh, we can build upon it as the season comes closer. You want me to throw you a curveball last second? Uh... Let's do it. Let's, let's see if I pull a uh, Gunnar Henderson here and strike out. Oh, this will be okay. So I'm reading this as I go. I'll, I'll just read it out loud as I go. This will be our league's first year of doing keepers. I'm having a tough time trying to determine who is more valuable. We're a standard head-to-head auction league, 6x6, with OPS and quality starts, and the cost to keep a player will be $5 added to the 2022 cost of each player. I have a few waiver ads that cost me nothing that I'm starting to wonder if they'll be worth keeping over my pitchers. Thoughts on my waiver ads and keeping Lodolo, Henderson, or Jimenez? So here we go. And he put 2022 prices. Jimenez for $0. Walker for $0. Nathaniel Lowe for $0. Lodolo for $0. Gunnar Henderson again for $0. He's got quite the list here. The ones he said he's considering keeping. Varsho for $2. Gallon for 3 Manoa for 9 Lindor for 17 would you keep any of those zero dollar guys over the ones that I mentioned? Yeah, I, I just pulled up the question because there's so much to it here. Yeah. Um, I think you have to keep Gunnar Henderson at, at zero dollars or five dollars this year. Possibly over Darvish. I don't know if I'm, I'm just down on Darvish or don't realize how good he is. Um, I can see maybe keeping him over over Gallon as well. Do we know what Walker that is? Is that? Christian Walker? I don't is, is know. That, is that Jordan Walker? Is it? Uh, he didn't say. I'm. He's. He said it was a waiver ad, so I'm gonna guess it's Christian Walker. Yeah. Uh, Nathaniel Lowe is, isn't a bad option either. He's he's a guy in Texas that I would look at. But yeah, looking at at those guys, Lindor, you want to keep Manoa for nine. You want to keep as for four, you want to keep Pablo Lopez for four, you want to keep Shane Baz. I don't know enough about him to say anything about really. Uh, Zach Gallen, I think three is pretty cheap, but eight bucks might be too much for him. So maybe keep Gunner over Gallen. And then seven for Varsho is probably fine. But if you want to, I don't know how much the uh, budget is. If you want to save those $2 and go for, go for low, I wouldn't hate that, but. No, Varsho at catcher for two bucks. Just that bucks you have to keep. So Gunner, I'd probably try to get in there for Gallon or Baz or Darvish, depending how much budget you want to keep. Yeah, Shane Baz is a tough one to keep. I'm very familiar with Shane Baz because he has been the apple of my card collecting eye for the last couple months now. He's not going to pitch at all this season. So he's already he got, already got ruled out like two months ago. Had surgery out. He'll be back in 2024. So I don't think right now you need to even consider keeping Shane Baz because mm. I know it's a keeper league. I know the excitement of keeping these young studs. He's really fucking good, like really, really top seven pitcher level good. 
but that doesn't help you this year. So you're you're using you're allocating dollars of your auction budget that are literally going to be unusable this season. So yeah, I think keeping somebody like Gunnar Henderson over that Jimenez is a sneaky pick too for five dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, All Star last year, he put up good numbers, good in every league, points leagues, roto leagues, category leagues. He might be better. He's he, he's better than Gunnar. I didn't realize he had a second base eligibility. I forgot about that. So yeah, keep keep Jimenez and and Gunnar over Baz and then one of the other pitchers. I I completely agree. Uh, you got anything else you want to talk about today, Ryan? Uh, no, this one went on. Pretty good here. Pretty long episode uh, for good AMA here. Uh, re- love the Reddit AMAs. I know, Blake, you're doing them a lot. So hopefully we can get them going more often. Maybe uh, I can try to join in there uh, once in a while. Maybe if we're close oh, to yeah. the season. Uh, yeah, hopefully get some uh, Twitter questions as well as we move along. Yeah, just you guys always send us questions. Doesn't matter. It could be 1 a.m. I'm up at 3 a.m. So I will answer your I'll answer your questions. Uh you can send them over on Twitter. You can send them to the show Twitter at fake baseball. You can hit me or Ryan up personally. Either one, you could hit us up in the discord sg.pn slash discord. We're very active over there. I last time I mentioned the discord, I was like, Oh, I think we have like a thousand people in there. I was getting pretty big. <laughs> no, we have almost 3000 people Ooh. in the discord. It's very, free. It's, it's a free discord. Yeah. It's not one of these. Oh, you got to pay and you got premium plays. No, it's free. It's just people hanging out, shooting the shit, talking some uh, baseball or hockey or, Whatever sport it may be, tennis, esports, food, music, they have literally everything. They have, I think, uh, Chase has uh, an Australian disc golf league <laughs> podcast, and they got a channel in there where they're talking about that. Like they've, they have everything, and we're always hanging out in there. If you hit us up in the MLB one, I get the alert on my phone. I'll answer your questions right away. I got you. We're here. And yeah, just come hang out with us. Uh, and I mean, as always, you can catch me on Twitter at Balake, B-U-H-H-L-O-C-K-A-Y-E. And I'm Ryan Gilbert. You can follow me on Twitter at R-Gilbert-S-O-P. And we'll catch you guys next time. Peace. Peace.